Hi, and welcome to Processing Pros, a series through Ear on Processing. On this series, we're joined by engineers, executives, and other thought leaders in the process manufacturing sector to cover a variety of topics you need to know to better manage your industrial process operations and to maximize product quality output and profitability. And now, on to the episode. Hi, I'm Nate Todd, Senior Editor of Processing, and I'm joined today by Scott Miller, Senior Consultant at Solids Handling Technologies. Prior to joining Solids Handling, Scott spent several years as a plant engineer at a waste coal power plant in Pennsylvania, experiencing firsthand the challenges of difficult flowing materials. He has a BS in Mechanical Engineering from Geneva College in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. Thanks for speaking with me today, Scott. Oh, it's my pleasure, Nate. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me to, to have a conversation with you today. Of course, of course. Uh, what does solid handling technologies do and what types of companies and or industries do you typically work with? Yeah, so um, we're a small consulting group. Um, we're, we're very focused. We specialize in the storage and flow of bulk solids. And um, really, there's two parts to our work. Uh, the first is that we have a testing laboratory. Uh, we run tests to characterize uh, what we consider the, the flowability of bulk solids. Um, flowability is a bit of a broad term, um, but, but that's the first part of our work. We do testing. The second part is we're also consultants. So uh, we'll provide consulting help. Maybe it's to someone who's going to have an application where they're handling a bulk solid they haven't handled before, or maybe it's an existing application where they have a problem that they're trying to address or, or make some improvements. Um, in terms of the industries, um, one of the, the neat aspects to our work is that it, it's really across all borders in terms of industries. Um, you pretty much can't um, look at an industry without eventually seeing some aspect of it that they're going to handle bulk solids. Um, I, I sometimes, and this is something my mentor Joe Marinelli points out, you know, you just drive down the road, you'll see silos, um, whether it's agriculture, whether it's manufacturing, um, whether it's energy, um, whether it's chemicals, pharmaceutical, really, you name it. Um, and then in terms of types of companies, um, th there's usually a few major players. So obviously you have end users. So people who are actually handling the material, they're actually using the bulk solid. Um, you also have engineering groups. So those are people who are designing the equipment, um, designing the plant. And then you also have vendors and equipment suppliers. And from time to time, we'll also work with consultants. And obviously, there's some differences in terms of priorities between some of those groups at times. But at the end of the day, everyone really wants to be able to handle the material and handle it successfully. And um, so it's, it's a pretty large spectrum in terms of who we do work with and what industries we're involved in. That probably keeps it interesting for you. Yes, yes. What are some of the most common issues you see with solids handling or processing systems? Yeah, um, so, so one thing I would probably preface my answer with is it might be a bit like asking a, uh, a plumber, you know, how many electrical problems they see. And they'll probably say, no, it's, it's mostly plumbing issues. Um, and so we're pretty focused on the storage vessel. You know, we're talking about silos and bins and hoppers. And um, so we do see some issues, you know, outside of um, 
those specific areas, um, but but that's where most of our work is focused. And um, by and large, it, it really comes down to the behavior or the misbehavior of materials, if you will. Um, one of the issues that has plagued material handling for as long as it's been done really is materials that are, are poor flowing. Um, so materials that you, you put them inside of a storage vessel and then you can't get them back out or you, maybe you can't get them out in a controlled manner. Um, and so in terms of specific problems, a lot of it can vary um, based on what the end user is trying to do based on the material. Um, and one thing I would say is also it can be subjective. So uh, just for example, I did some work uh, last year with a plastics manufacturer who um, they were dealing with a, a new polymer type pellet. And I wouldn't personally consider an extremely difficult flowing material, but compared to materials they dealt with in the past, it, it was very troublesome. And, and they actually, they ended up walking away from that material and said, all right, this product, we're, we're kind of going to set it to the side. I'm going to consider a different material. Um, whereas I had a recent project with a um, vendor who does equipment, manufactures equipment for wastewater treatment plants. Um, and they were working with this wet cake material that was miserable to handle, just very cohesive. Um, and through testing, you know, we looked at the properties and and we saw, yeah, there's a solution. It's it's very difficult. And the the equipment vendor said, all right, that's what we're going to do. And, and so they pursued it. Um, and so it, it can be very dependent in terms of the end user, in terms of the industry. Um, I would say just generally in terms of what I've seen in the last few years is um, certain materials, for instance, in the recycled sort of industry or biomass materials, um, I think some of those materials have presented some challenges um, that are very unique. And some of that can be due to it's a material that um, maybe there's just not a lot of experience handling it. It's a very irregular material. It's a material that can behave in ways that are certainly maybe less traditional than if you talk about a material like a limestone powder or titanium dioxide or, or even something like coal, you know, that, that's been handled for years. Um, and so, so I would say that that is one or two types of material that kind of jump out. But a lot of times in terms of what's troublesome, what's bad, a lot of it can be relative you know, based on the industry, based on the application. Sure, sure. And I imagine that uh, not everybody has the option of putting a material aside and saying, we're not going to handle this. Sometimes it's your business. You have to handle it. Yeah, I, I think as if I remember the, the conversation I had with the plant engineer on that, he said, fortunately, marketing hadn't gotten too far ahead, if you will, um, on, you know, what they were hoping to do with that. Great. So, so you mentioned testing. How, how important is material testing um, when designing or troubleshooting a process? And, and uh, are there, what, what characteristics are most important that you, that you discover about through testing? Yeah, so I'm going to be biased here in that solids handling technology, we do testing, um, but it is absolutely vital. It is, um, quite frankly, it's sort of like the difference between driving with your eyes opened or closed. Um, a lot of that's going to come down to different materials don't handle the same. 
when we talk about bulk solids, it's less like their liquid counterparts where uh, we can know a lot less about the material and still be okay in terms of what our equipment is going to do, how the material is going to interact with it. Um, in addition to different materials, you can have materials that they can have the same name. They can have some overlapping properties. They can have similar bulk densities and they can handle drastically different. And so testing is really the ability to understand what we're up against. Um, in terms of properties, I, I, I do like that, that you specifically said characteristics in, in terms of something that's plural. Um, because when we talk about bulk solids, when we talk about flow properties, it really is not just a, a single value. Um, and that, that gets into some of the nature of bulk solids. So bulk solids, um, it, it's a group of particles. There are individual particles at play. Um, and there may even be similarities between the individual properties of those particles, but they can vary. In addition, um, the way that the materials behave together, um, that can vary as well. And so a, a lot of the specific properties that are going to matter in terms of, you know, what testing might be appropriate, uh, what values do we need to know about a material? Um, it really comes down to what are we trying to do? What is the material? Um, painting with a fairly broad brush, though, I would say in many cases, when we're trying to put material inside of a storage vessel, when we're trying to handle material in a piece of feeding or conveying equipment, a lot of times it's related usually to a material's cohesive properties, um, friction properties with the surfaces it's going to be in contact with, um, as well as its compressibility. And so even within those sort of three types of properties, uh, a challenge is that those are interrelated properties. And so they're not independent even of one another with, with those values. Um, as well, they're going to vary as a function of stress. And so uh, we might have the same material. We put it in a smaller bin um, and then we go to, to increase, you know, output production, upscale process go from a pilot plant to full scale, and all of a sudden we're working with a much larger range of stresses, and all of a sudden we bump into these issues that just weren't present when we were dealing with that, that smaller system and, and different range of stresses. Um, one other thing in terms of testing as well is that bulk solids, they really pay attention to the details. Um, so things like um, time at rest, things like um, what's the environment? You know, is this an application in Florida? Is this an application in a, you know, much more pleasant, you know, climate, if you will? Um, and so there's, there can be a lot of messiness, there can be a lot of nuance to it. Um, so, so it does, it does vary depending on the process. So it's not really just a cookie cutter uh, situation with testing and, and what's important and the most critical. Yeah, I would say in many cases that those three I mentioned, usually those those are going to do a lot of the be a driving force. Um, but but absolutely, yeah, it's it's certainly not a template that you know just gets stamped you know from one application to the next in terms of what we need to look at. Sure, sure. What's what's one thing you wish every company would do? before or during the design or installation process uh, when they're installing new equipment that's handling powders or bulk solids? Yeah, um, 
I would say at a minimum, at a minimum to, and even before the installation, you know, back in the design stage where everyone's sitting around, you know, the conference table or, you know, on, on the team's meeting or, or having those initial emails to, to just stop and at a minimum have a conversation and talk about a few things. And so I would say one of them, just talk about, okay, what are we trying to do here? You know, so, so if we have a storage vessel, you know, what is the expectation? You know, are, are we, how much do we want to put in here? You know, what sort of capacity are we trying to meet? Um, what, what's the, what's the design intent in terms of how we're going to use this? Um, so, so talk about what we're trying to do. Also talk about, and be realistic about this, what might go wrong? Um, now, some of that, in order to have that conversation, you know, you have to be aware of what problems might exist with bulk solids. And, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people really don't discover that until after the equipment goes in and they try to start running it. Um, but but have that conversation. OK, what could go wrong here? Um, and then the third piece, which, you know, goes back to what we were just talking about before is, all right, what are we trying to handle here? Um, and that ties back to, you know, materials aren't the same, you know, even materials, it's like, hey, it's the same name. Um, it may be different. There may be something different about it. You know, maybe even something as simple as, hey, the, the particle size isn't quite the same. Um, something like that, you know, seems minor, but but it could be very significant. So I would say at a minimum, you know, if if groups could just stop and, and have that conversation. Um, and now obviously a conversation in and of itself isn't going to, you know, make things work. Um, but I would say just having that conversation sort of gets you on the path to success. Um, I would also obviously <laughs> encourage testing um, just because testing is sort of like looking behind the curtain, you know? So if you get to know your material, you know, what your material could do. You know what can go wrong. You know maybe what you need to watch out for, you know, handling your material. So um, yeah, I, I would I would say at a minimum, you know, if that could be done, um, you know, I I don't have a number, but you know, there are a lot of conversations that that I have on my end with end users who um, that's not where they are. They're something went in, it's not working and those initial conversations really just never took place. Uh, so you're coming in after the fact to make it work. Yeah, unfortunately, yes, in many cases. Interesting. So you mentioned recycling. How has the industry changed since you started doing this? Uh, what other what other kind of things have been developing? Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, that that's oh, that's a good question. Um, I will be a little limited in my perspective. So um, I, I sort of donned my consulting hat in 2016. So I like to say I've been doing this long enough to know that I don't know that much. Um, that being said, I, I think it's a very interesting time um, to be in the bulk solids world, um, especially, you know, since 2020. And, and I would say especially really since 2020, particularly, um, I think the bulk solids world has been in varying states of response, in response to some very big things going on. 
Um, you know, I, I think there were some trends that were sort of underway, you know, recycling obviously being one of them, um, a, a sense of, you know, so you sort of rewind the clock even before I got into this, you have things like, um, you know, China in part saying, hey, we're, you can't ship all of your recycling materials, um, you know, to us. And, and so more groups starting to have those conversations of, you know, how do we send it somewhere, you know, other than a ship or, or to a landfill, um, you know, which that that's exciting to, to see more of those initiatives take place. Um, but but 2020 COVID um, and and then also, you know, you even go past that and you say, you know, what what took place or what's taking place in, in Ukraine. Um, and I think one of the connecting threads between a lot of what's taken place in the last few years is um, this sense of what does globalization look like still? Um, and specifically, so where do we get things from? Um, where do we send you know, materials to? Um, a sense of how fragile are supply chains, you know, so what does it look like to, you know, have a certain supply of material? Um, and even who are we willing to, to work with and do business with? So um, I, I think just kind of with that, I think there's been a lot of force nimbleness that's come about um, for a lot of those involved in the, the bulk solids world. Um, I think there's some uncertainty, obviously, um, in terms of, you know, where those supply chains may or may not reliably exist. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been a very interesting time, especially in the last three years, I would say. Yeah, you can say that again. Um, how about technological advancements in the industry? Has there been any, or do you see any, uh, advancements technologically coming in the future that would impact uh, bulk solids handling? Yeah, so the big one that, um, and this is, this is not, um, this is not just Scott saying this, this is just sort of a, a lot of people have their eye on this one, um, is obviously computer modeling. And so uh, DEM, discrete element um, method analysis. And, and so I think that's been the one everyone's sort of been focused on, um, been excited. Um, I think there's a lot of possibility there. And so, you know, you go back to what was being said a decade, a few decades ago. Um, it was sort of like, here's a possibility um, for what can be done uh, with their asterisk. Eh, computing power really doesn't, you know, facilitate that. Um, and now that's sort of made you know, leaps and strides. Um, now, some of that conversation sort of has shifted a bit to kind of say, um, okay, what what's the trust level now that now that we have these computers, you know, to to process, you know, these thousands, millions of particles? Um, and then how do we calibrate it? How do we trust it? Much do we trust it? And so, um, I, I think that one is certainly the one that gets the most attention and, you know, I think justifiably so to a degree. Um, there are some very distinct limitations. Um, I think there's, there's certainly some caution to be had there, but I think, I think just technology side, um, that's, that's sort of been one of the, the main items that, 
you know, just sort of continues to, to get a lot of focus. Um, the, the second one I might say is, and this is maybe less of a technology, um, maybe this sort of goes back to, to a trend, um, but I think there has been and there continues to be greater access. So access to, to information, you know, about bulk material handling, um, greater access to tools. Um, and by that, I mean, different testing devices, um, lab equipment to, to understand bulk materials. Um, and so I think that's exciting. Uh, um, that also presents a danger somewhat like the DEM in that um, with the access to that, there, there can be greater misunderstanding or misuse of those tools. And so uh, every tool does have limitations you know, to what we can do with it, what we can trust it to do. Um, so I would say with both of those things, there's, there's need for caution, um, but, but it is exciting, you know, and I, I think um, it will be very interesting five years from now to, to kind of see where a lot of those, those tools are, are at. So the danger you're talking about there with uh, resources is that people, it would be like going online to diagnose yourself when you're sick or something instead of uh, going to a doctor? Yes, yes, it, it can be, um, yeah, yeah, that, that's probably maybe a decent way to put it. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably a fair way to put it. Well, okay, so since you brought them up, what are some good resources, um, either online or, or in-person, uh, ways that companies can... Uh, Get their operators and maintenance staff up to speed and help them better understand bulk solids processes and keep their equipment keep their equipment running and their material flowing. Well, I I think the first answer needs to be just follow what Nate Todd's up to and and pursue those magazines those those resources. Um, seriously though, and I, and I also do mean that because um I, I appreciate you know what what you do what you know, other folks, um, you know, like yourself have done to further, you know, saying here's information, we're going to connect the end user with that information, we're going to help them understand it. Um, but I would say education in almost any form is is good. Um, I'm a big proponent of things like courses. Um, I think there's a lot of benefit um, you know, especially if you have the opportunity to, to something like an in-house course. So, um, you know, I think the powder show is sort of an obvious example, you know, especially if you have, um, you know, people who are dealing with the materials to, to be able to go, be able to see equipment in person, um, uh, be able to, to sit through courses. And, um, I think those sorts of education are, are excellent, um, there are others who, who do courses that, that are quite good. Um, I think of uh, Jenik and Johansson. They do these in-person one-day courses um, that, that are just excellent. You know, so if you have the opportunity, you know, go to something like that. Um, you have K-State. Um, obviously, shameless plug, we, we do in-person courses as well. Um, if you can sign up for a webinar, you know, that's that's a shorter time commitment. You know, obviously less less costly, but... Um, things like that are, are very valuable. Um, and I, th I think a lot of the value can come through 
for things like that, you know, especially for if we talk about things like plan operators or, or maintenance staff, is if we talk about a specific piece of equipment and if we talk about the bulk materials handling, um, we will sort of inherently have these mental models, so to speak, of, of how the equipment works, of how the material behaves. Um, now, you know, obviously we can see things. You, you can look, you know, at, at a rotary airlock, you can look at a piece of equipment, you can see, oh, I see something turning, you know, I, I have readouts from, from my DCS. Um, you know, you, you do have that, but, but within the silo, within the piece of equipment, it can be a bit of a black, black box. And so, um, unfortunately, bulk solids, a lot of times those mental models aren't necessarily correct. You know, it might be an incorrect understanding of, I, I think the material is doing something like this. Um, and, and so things like going to, you know, one day seminar on material handling, um, that can arm the operator to understand, okay, no, no, that that's really not what's going on here. Um, this is, let me look behind the curtain. This is how materials behave. This is what materials do. Um, it may not get to the answer directly, you know, by having that, that knowledge, but a lot of times it, it can keep them away from a lot of wrong answers and set them on the path, you know, to saying, oh, okay, this is a problem. This is likely what's going on. This is the road to, to go down, maybe in terms of testing, in terms of, you know, working with maybe a consultant um, or, you know, a specific engineering house or, or vendor to move towards that, what a solution might be. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, that's, uh, that's about all the time we have today. I want to thank you for joining me today, Scott. It was, uh, it was really great talking to you. Well, I, I really appreciate um, you having me, Nate. Um, and I really appreciate, you know, the work that you do to, to help connect, you know, those who deal with bulk solids, you know, with, with some very good content and information. So, so thank you as well. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Ear on Processing. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app and share our episodes with colleagues that could find the information we share helpful.